Hi, James. Hi, Gabby. This is our surprisingly very clear and successful off-grid chat. Yeah. We're, like, more high-tech now than we were um, when we were together. Yeah, you're so clear. It's so great. Yeah. Because um, I remember before we would do it when I was here before, and it was it just was a little more glitchy. <laughs> this is, like, high-tech. It was definitely more glitchy, and we didn't have the technology, and now we're, like, really... I feel like we're really invested emotionally and technologically. Yeah, and I'm more, like, on-grid now, I feel. <laughs> like, where I was before, it was so windy, and, like, my landlord was really shitty, and now I'm, like, in someone's mm-hmm. house that really gives a fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah, with beautiful sunlight, has a, I have to has say. a water filter. Yeah, it's pretty good in here. I'm in the uh, official studio office. <laughs> I know, I know. So where, what's happening? I mean, like, <laughs> what's I want to break it down for us because you guys, like, Gabby is, uh, I'm looking at her on FaceTime and she's in not only a different space, but a different state, different state different of mind, even, of I mind. would say. Yeah, wrangling yeah. dogs. <laughs> new year, literally new you. But also but a repeat of last year. Yeah, it's kind of like a redo yeah. of, like, doing it the right way. Um, yeah. Well, I'm back in Hawaii which is always, mm-hmm. like, something mm-hmm. I feel like people have such a connotation with Hawaii that I don't have. So I always, I always want to be, like, the island, <laughs> you know, right, because right. it's, like, my experience here hasn't been, like, the commercials, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm back here because I was here last year when I was came up with a friend. And, you know, what's really interesting is I was here last year, and back then there was a work plan and, like, a love plan, <laughs> and both of them mm-hmm. didn't really go through but it was very much the process happened like I came here last year because this guy invited me and we were gonna like get together and be in a relationship right and then on top of that he was writing a screenplay and I was putting my book together and we were like we're gonna do this and then I get there and we talked about this already if you want (laughs) to hear about how it ended uh the narcissist episode uh you know spoiler alert neither of us were the narcissists (laughs) Um, <laughs> dude, I was able to look at his profile <laughs> from 888 Swoon the other day <laughs> for the first time. Oh and my th- God, nothing had changed. It's crazy to me when people don't oh, post wow. for like three months and you're like, whoa, you're right where I left you. It creates the illusion like yeah. nothing has happened when obviously it has. I know. <laughs> it was like the last photo on his page is one I took. Um, anyway, so yeah, that <laughs> happened. And I did end up putting all of the poetry together or most of it here I met someone else who I Mm. actually vibed with way more we got together stuff happened I went back to LA but we stayed kind of in touch um Mm -hmm. and then I came back (laughs) on a different kind of like circumstance that makes more sense so I go back to LA I get the book deal um I go help my parents move and end up staying there, which was really great. So I don't really have an official address right now, which is has right. been really nice because I don't know what I want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I've just yeah. been staying with them. And then my Hawaii lover was just getting more and more attached in a good way. We love, we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really wanted <laughs> me to come live with him out here which I can technically do in a very aloof way because I don't have to break a lease or sell my belongings <laughs> which I had to do totally. last year you already did that. <laughs> so I was sort of more <laughs> set up for this um in this time of uncertainty so I was like yeah I'll come out there I come out and visit it's really great 
things are different. Um, he offers to build me an art studio in his yard mm. because I was like, I can't, there's no way, there's no part of my being that could ever move somewhere for a guy. There always has to be something else, you know? Like, it was like yeah. with the other guy, I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. come here and, like, I'll help you with your movie and, like, I'll write my shit and it'll be this amazing creative thing. It always has to be a creative thing. Yeah. So when I was actually out here with him, I actually had trouble um, – when I was here last year, because I just didn't resonate with, like, the Hawaii aesthetics, you know? And it's, like, mm-hmm. you come here and everyone just immediately is, like, they put on, like, a thong bikini and, like, are drinking out of a coconut. And I just had a hard time creatively <laughs> with all that. But I was also more so on the <laughs> uh-huh. tourist side then because I was, like, living here. And I feel like when I visited, I found, like, this, like, spooky side and this very, like, dimensional energy. And, like, me and the guy are having a great time. So he was like, I'm going to build you an art studio if you come (laughs) so that you can do your work there and all that. Mm -hmm. And then... (laughs) Which is quite the offer, I will say. Yeah, it's great. He knows how to build stuff. Yeah. I was really into that. I also... If I were to offer that, it'd be like, I got this um, (laughs) pop-up and also a couple tarts. I know. I was thinking of all the ways it could go because I was like, I don't even know if he's really going to... Because I I drew up the whole thing. It was like a slanted roof with like an open end and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then, plot twist, uh, the property he lives on, they needed to do updates on the property for two months. And then she was going to have her sister stay Mm -hmm. there. So they're like, oh, can you get a temporary place for two months and then move back in? So the shed project was on hold. And I was like, what am I going to do? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and then with the thing about leaving for two months, it's really inconvenient, but out here, that's just the way it is. Like in this town, it's just like people are always coming and going. Everyone has like a little, like in California, they always call it a casita, you know, like the little house attached Mm -hmm. to the house. But over here they're called Ohanas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm in a casita. (laughs) Or back house. (laughs) Yeah. Or a studio back, yeah, back house, literally. Um, so he's at his. So he got uh, his friend's place. But what's so amazing about it is friend's place actually has a studio. Like it has literally like the main, mm-hmm. like studio, like whatever living room, bedroom, kitchen, bathroom, and then there's this like random square room that I'm in right now that has this like yeah. really cute like. Doesn't it not look like I'm here? Like it looks like industrial. It's truly insane. <laughs> it's truly insane because you. I also have noticed this over time, but if you like take a place and you turn it into your own really specifically Mm -hmm. and you weren't really able to do that in your initial place when you first moved to Hawaii and then obviously when you moved in with a guy like it was his place and so you're sort of like finding your Mm -hmm. way there but this is like totally 100% yeah I couldn't believe it when I saw the place I was like this is a weird like we were talking about human design the other day and I was like this is a exact Mm -hmm. evidence of like my human design that says you're, like, a non-specific manifester, which is, like, okay, the art shed is on yeah. hold, but, like, you still gave me a shed while I'm, like, waiting. <laughs> um, yeah. But I really yeah. love the aesthetic in here because, like I was saying, like, I just don't, like, it's so beautiful. I love being here, but it's, it is hard to always be in, like, 100%, like, Hawaii nature all the time. And, like, I do love. Right. Like, I love, like, empty white gallery aesthetics so much. <laughs> so. Of course. I'm so Especially grateful. when you're creating. Yeah. You know, like, you can't, like, create in a space that already has its own vibe. Yeah, 100%. this is, like, completely absent of. So that's great. Yeah, and like I said with the Hawaii thing, I think whenever I tell people I'm here, they're like, oh, my God, Hawaii, like, you're so, like, it's so crazy. It's so beautiful. And it's all true. It's all great. I love it. But it's, like, I feel like it's kind of totally by chance that I'm here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm still, like, looking mm-hmm. for my corners. <clears throat> but um, fantastic. So now I'm just here... 
Um, he has his dog, which is this, like, tiger-looking pit bull, lovely guy. <laughs> and then there's this other dog now that, that came out of nowhere. I literally was just sitting here, and this random, adorable, sweet, chihuahua-mix-looking, coyote-looking dog comes up to me. And so sweet, so amazing, like, ideal dog. And then I look at its tag, and it says wisdom. So it was, like, this weird poetry moment of, like, wisdom has arrived, right? Right, um, and now right. this dog just comes every single day, and, like, I have a part-time dog. Um, and I don't know, yeah, I guess that answers your question of what's going on, but I'm going to be here for a couple months, <laughs> um, possibly longer. <laughs> I don't have any address. I don't have anywhere that I have to be right now. The only thing that I have to do is edit my book, which is really great and um, happening. <laughs> really sick. <laughs> and it's happening. Yeah, it's just happening. <laughs> Editing my book. There's, like, a clothing line thing happening. I really want to do a series of paintings out here of, like, maps, which I started back at the Crenshaw house. Remember? I had that, like, map Mm -hmm. vibe. I want to explore that a little bit more, but with more clear awareness. And then I have my whole love situation going. That shit's trippy, dude. It is. Like, (laughs) I just feel like before when I was here, it was very much fling energy. Like, I was like, you're my Hawaiian lover that, like, takes me around. And now we're like... You know, I've met everyone, and it's this whole trusted thing. <laughs> you're in you're in the circle. Yeah, which is always funny to me. It's like, how did we get here? <laughs> right. I completely get I've that. Also, because, like, you're, you're truly, like, in a new space mm-hmm. with no one you... It's like when I went to a high school when I didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you have, like, no foundation, and everything's completely fresh. So it's kind of cool that you're... Yeah, and I'm so time. grateful for him because, like, he handles, like, the propane, <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to look at that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out of my sight. Um, <laughs> okay. The feminine urge to watch the man handle the propane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just never hear about the propane ever. <laughs> but have hot showers for an hour straight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been great. And I do, he's a great, great guy, really great leader, um, I find him very hot, so mm-hmm. I'm just here being things. creative and horny. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> what do you think of all this? With an outdoor tub. As my With an BFF tub. and <laughs> number one viewer um, of my life. Number one Closest viewer. viewer of my life. I, yeah, I would say thank you for that. Um I feel good about it. <laughs> no, I feel great. What's interesting is the first time that you left, um, I felt really sad, and I don't think I expressed that to you in, in the moment. Oh, I was sad, too. I, I don't to... think I expressed it either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I deeply wanted to, like, support you and, and show, like, support mm-hmm. because it's your life and you're living mm-hmm. it. Um, but it was really sad, and also, like, I don't know if the if – the, uh, viewers know this but we lived just down the Mm -hmm. block from each other and at the time it was very much pandemic vibes and my boyfriend was working a lot and so I wasn't the chances that I took felt very calculated not only for myself but for him and like his whole crew and whatever it was like a whole thing so I didn't see Gabby as much as I wanted to and it was sort of like when she moved it, it felt kind of like oh man like we were so close but it just the timing was so odd I mean obviously the whole world was odd but yeah we had um, that ideal and then neighborhood and... situation for a second where I was two blocks yeah, away <laughs> truly. yeah and you got a dog um that was tight and then and then you moved and I was like I was sad and I also like 
I'm the sort of like person, I literally am like a little dog where if someone leaves, I'm like, well, they're gone forever and I'm <laughs> starting anew. And I'm just, I've always been like that. I'm always like very um, present to a fault, I would say. And so I was sort of like, Gabby's never coming mm -hmm. back and I just have to prepare for that. And that's what's happening. And it was really, it was very sad. Um, but this time I didn't feel sad. I felt like excited for you. And it's also just like, it was a really cool thing, I think, because you and I, like, were ma we maintained a friendship. We maintained this project, which you and I, like, love projects mm -hmm. together. Totally. <laughs> and I felt like, okay, you know, we can, you and I can go all the way around the world, <laughs> potentially, and still maintain, like, um, collaboration, a conversation, which, which is really nice. Yeah, I yeah. think as long as you and I are working so. together, we're safe. But I will say I feel exactly the same. I felt the same leaving because it did feel like an all or nothing moment. Like, I was like, I'm going to mm -hmm. leave. Like, I'm going to, like, go marry somebody. I was really on that wave. <laughs> and, like, yeah. this just makes more sense. It's like, I can go back and forth. Yeah. I'd love if you came out and visited yeah. me. We can do pods really clearly now. I definitely plan to, yeah. It all makes yeah. sense. Totally. Also, like, the whole process of you, like, selling all your your things and then me, like, weirdly selling all my things, too. Okay, wasn't that insane? That was one of the biggest moments. <laughs> I just feel like I'm so... I don't remember any of the stuff I got rid of, which is crazy. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just such a crazy moment. But it was psychedelic. I remember you and I walking around it after, was. like, literally the half hour it took for everything to go away. And you and I were just it walking was, around yeah. like, this feels good. <laughs> Yeah, it was really nuts. The only thing I remember is I put out like a Michael Kors leather jacket that I used to wear, and I just was like, I'm never wearing this again. And it's Michael Kors, and I got it from Macy's in Chicago. And I'm just, and then I put it out, and the second I put it out, someone just like went and like, zoop, like grabbed it. Because what we did, you guys, is we did it all like socially distant outdoors. Yeah. And I mean, older viewers will remember this, but like, it was a real weird thing. Like, it was just like everyone stood around and watched us put clothes out because we were like a tiny bit late and people were like a tiny bit early. And yeah, like I was like still bringing boxes out, books. It was literally like a land rush where people waited and then at the moment we were like, okay, like zoomed, zoomed on. Yeah. And I, I even had to go back to my place and get more stuff because I didn't expect people to show up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, it was great. We offloaded a, a moon bounce. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I ended up giving it to yeah. uh, my friend IK. <laughs> friend friend, of, the friend pod. of the pod. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, this just feels like more grounded. I don't feel as far away because I think what's so interesting about energy <laughs> is like the energy mm -hmm. in which I left the other time. It was like there was more distance in my energetic expression of the moment, you know, whereas like here I'm still mm. like, oh, I'm working on something that is based in LA. We're still working together. The internet's better. I don't have this narrative of like leaving and never coming back. I'm like very in between. It just mm -hmm. feels so truthful. And I am so happy to do it in this way. Um, also, this does tie into our theme, which is like, the past move was like operating in a binary of like leaving and never coming okay, back. Okay, that's interesting. Like okay. Accepting the transience of everything. Yeah, we have a theme today, which you know? is sort of. I keep having this in my head. What is going I keep, on? I want to no. call this episode The Great Reckoning because I just keep thinking of it. Like, that's just what keeps coming in my head. And I Google it to be like, what am I thinking of? I, I thought it was like a history term. But there's a book. No, literally, when you say Great Reckoning, I see the Great Reckoning as the title in, like, an old textbook. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I, but I looked, and it's yeah. just, like, a couple of books. 
And it's really just a book about getting ready for the Great Depression, which Mm -hmm. is a a bit bleak. But reckoning the word itself means like calculating and trying to predict the future. Mm -hmm. But James and I, and also just like, I feel like everyone I've talked to recently just feels like there's this strange lull, which usually happens in January of every year. But this one's like a bit more impactful because so many things that we've witnessed in the past few years have kind of like ran their course, like not fully, but they're in their reflection period. Mm -hmm. And that's anything from Mm -hmm. woke culture to like COVID opinions to social media performance, like all these things that that felt so certain, you know, like that felt like, oh, this is what we're doing now have sort of fell away or started to feel differently. Um, Yeah. And then now it's like this time to kind of be more balanced. And I love that you say that about this situation because... I do feel like the time where I fled over here was like a very binary time in the news yeah, with everything, absolutely. even, you know, social media was like popping like hard, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, totally. it was like where yeah. we were all at. And I think now it's kind of this like lull. How are you feeling? Like when you go online, like, <laughs> how is it feeling to you? Um, I definitely feel some of that. I think um, I was saying this to you the other day, and I've said this before, but January does always feel this way Mm -hmm. to me and February a little bit and then March is when things sort of like kick into gear so I've started like really reducing my expectations for January in general and it's definitely helped me um but this is I do think I've seen a lot of people who have like quote-unquote like taken a break and then come back Mm -hmm. oh yeah and and then been like after my break like I feel so great or like really needed need this break (laughs) and a lot of even like the little um, newsletters I subscribe to that I don't even think of as like that crazy like the leader the like heads of the newsletters are like after my break my much needed break <laughs> and it's sort of like why are we all needing this so much or like do we feel like we need to express that we really needed it rather than just saying like I took a fucking mm-hmm. break you know so I can't figure out where people actually stand yeah. but I took a I took a break from my newsletter and it just the first one the first free one just came out again yesterday Mm -hmm. two days ago substack.com slash right now is good dot now is good substack.com yeah um and i think at that break for me like i didn't feel like i missed anything when i wasn't posting as much on instagram and i i didn't feel the pressure to post because i didn't feel like i had to tell people about the newsletter Mm -hmm. or update people um but i do think people are I don't know. It does feel a little weak. The other thing like, I have to say, I think too, we're all sort of like, what are we, what are we looking it's at? It's like, I also feel like taking a break around December and January is also like kind of, it's like the perfect time because nobody cares anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. people are way less yeah, active. Yeah. So it's like, are you taking a break? Or are you like taking a break because you know, you're not going to get any gains <laughs> kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. But people, yeah, the number one break time is December. And I guess it's also in line with, like, you start thinking, like, whether or not you have strong uh, resolutions, you know, you you do, I don't know, you want to start the year a certain way or in a certain vibe. Yeah, and depending on what field you're in, like, the business year starts over or whatever. But um, I think i I was talking to someone and you mentioned this and then someone i know who is completely unrelated to you said the same thing but they were like we're looking we need a new cult leader Mm. we need like and i was like what 
<laughs> when did, where did you get that terminology? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, we need a new cult Because leader. I think people, like, do want to buy into something and whether or not they want to admit it. Like, all these things that y- you were sort of talking about previously, like, woke culture, COVID culture, whatever. <laughs> it's all, like, it's, it is COVID totally, culture. Totally, it is. <laughs> um, it's almost easier to call them that. But um, it's all some form of a cult because you allow yourself to, like, be bought into a bigger goal and look look to outside resources. Um, but I don't think what the thing that I'm hoping is like, we'll get to a point where we're so exhausted with looking outward that we start to actually for once look inside or, or like ask ourselves the questions that we ask other people. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you feel like maybe also what marked the big binary conversation or like always having something to do online was the fact that we were out or processing constantly and that it was a lot of Exactly. Trial and error and not a lot of sitting with the information or sitting with yourself. Exactly. I agree. I agree very much. And ah, that just, like, brings up, I mean, always those kind of, like, cultural happenings like this one are also very, like, evident of, like, personal processes as well, you know? Whereas, like, the person who, like, slings themselves across, like, two binaries always finds themselves back in the middle in balance Mm -hmm. or like craving balance Mm -hmm. you know and it's like oh this was always the answer Uh but it's like do we need and I always say that the role of artists is to magnify things as well as like romance it's like to magnify stuff yeah it's like do we need to be magnified into two different binaries to reach the middle or can we go for the middle you know it's interesting (laughs) maybe we do that's a good that's a good point do you want to go outside but or no he's fine this dog oh, is <laughs> Oh, so cute. Um, that is a good point. I'm trying to think in a personal, personally, like, this is my thing. It's like we do personally, like, on a person-to-person basis, we all do go from one end of the pendulum to another. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not as, in many cases for most people, the swing isn't as severe. Mm-hmm. But when we're all, like, moving culturally or, you know, these, at least in conversation mm-hmm. on social media, it does feel so, like, almost seasickness where you're just, like, rocking back and mm-hmm. forth. And I think it's just the, the thing is, of course, the human condition isn't like, well, we'll never know the, the path at first. We sort of have to stray a little bit to find the, the correct path forward for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But... If we're, if we're able to, like, continually, like, check in with ourselves rather than the outward conversation, it won't feel as, um, like, aggressive within ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, because the outside forces are always going to have to do something really, really um, over the top. Whereas, like, I don't think that humans are so sensitive, actually. Mm-hmm. And, like, if we're able to, like, fine tune to our real senses and, like, what we are feeling intuitively, like, it, we don't need to do the whole performance oh, as much yeah. as... You know what and I'm saying? And the aggression saying? is exhausting. I mean, you say that, and I think of sort of remember when, especially around like June 2020, when it was like the BLM protests and like the entire internet was like BLM information and like infographics mm-hmm. and like things to do and people getting canceled. And it was sort of like we watched it be this like abundance. Like it was this strange thing where it was like say stuff. And then it was like, if you don't say something, like silence is violence, right? <laughs> and then it was like, but if you say mm-hmm. something and you don't mean it, then it's performative. And then it was, uh, 
And then there's starting to be infographics about, like, how to rest <laughs> and how to, like, know when right. to stop sharing resources. <laughs> and it was just kind mm-hmm. of, like, I feel like even that, watching that play out also just describes how... And that we, happened pretty fast. Yeah, it did happen really fast, which is always a bit sad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've been really into just thinking about accelerationism, right? And, like, how mm-hmm. we're just getting we're in it we're in it like I keep being like we get to witness it happen we got to witness like right before it happened like you and I were like cognizant right before everything became you're saying cognizant as in we were born like we were aware you're saying our our time and place yeah like you and I were like at an age where I can remember when I couldn't go on the internet on my phone or like I remember when yeah you know there weren't if I wanted to find a really cool, <laughs> you know, artist or, like, outfit inspo, I had to, like, actually go to the library or, like, really find a specific person I could Google search. Or get a nylon magazine Get a magazine, or yeah, I couldn't just, like... Wait a month for a new issue. Yeah. Like, imagine waiting a new month for a new issue. <laughs> totally. Can you believe? <laughs> and it's, like, now it's, like, you can find everything. And not only can you find everything, like, it was harder to find things, you know? Like, you really, there, you had that joy mm-hmm. of, like, discovery. And I'm sure people still have that. I still see TikTok artists, like, you know, there's these, like, bedroom artists that make really cool remixes just, like, on Tumblr. Like, that. there's still an aspect of that. But just in terms of things moving yeah. so fast. Like, I remember a trend would hit my high school and there would be, like, five people mm-hmm. doing it for, like, two years. <laughs> and then it would slowly right. become, you know... Like, remember vintage dresses in Doc Martens? Like, that took 10 years to, like, fully become cliche and, like, in Ross. (laughs) Like, that's not going to happen anymore. But, like, acceleration is just... It's like, what do we do? (laughs) Like, it almost feels like we were in it. I think we were in it, and we were part of it, and we were all contributing to it. It was like, we were all, Mm -hmm. like, we were all online. We were all eating up the trends, eating up the information, doing what we were supposed to do. And then we realized it just kind of made us tired and it didn't take away our core self yeah. and that there is a core self because the core self wasn't adjusted by the acceleration. And in fact, we missed the core self throughout it, right? Exactly. exactly. So now we're here yeah. and it's possible that the 2020s will be about, I don't know, sticking to the core self or not making that mistake again of thinking that you could like push yourself to become a performative character that's part of whatever current movement you're supposed to be and I don't just mean with wokeness or anything I mean like fashion taste everything like yeah I think it's so interesting where fashion um growing up my mom was like a very much like she loved sewing things and loved patterns and loved talking about clothing and she would say like you know fashion repeats itself every 20 years Mm -hmm. and so I sort of started looking at that like or 10 years or whatever I started looking at that um and obviously as we've grown up it's accelerated so much where a sec a second ago a, a mere second ago we were we were doing the 90s and everyone was totally. like remember jennifer aniston do you remember it all and then all of a sudden we're like in the y2k and it happened it happened like over the course of the past like two years or three yes. years i feel like we were solidly in the 90s then we were at Walt. all of a sudden everyone was like by the way it's y2k and then now I'm like, are we really, are you going to tell me that we're going to go into the 2010s and we're going to have our indie phase all over yeah. again? Like nobody is, nobody, it becomes like a circle eating itself. Like, I'm just like, where is the new? Okay. What's so funny about the nineties <laughs> thing is I have a funny story. I got an email. Okay. Why? That is so random. 
I'm uh, getting the most random uh, FaceTime request. Oh. I almost want to answer because it's so weird. <laughs> no, I won't. Yeah, no, yeah. Who is it? Don't tell it's... me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> weird, right? Okay, weird. I'll call her back. So weird. Um, <laughs> almost, almost seems like a mistake. I think it's a mistake because she would probably text yeah. me first or... But in my head, I'm like, yeah. maybe she's randomly FaceTiming me because she met someone that's like, you know, when you meet someone that knows the same person and you could both have a story about yeah, that person. Like, well, yeah, I love her. that energy. Yeah. I would love to be the one to pick it up, but we're busy. Um, <laughs> so the <laughs> uh, sports sack is doing some kind of campaign mm. or whatever. And then they like emailed me and I always get excited about that kind of right. That's but it's just a typical thing where they're like, OK, the sports sack is like such an original part of my I know right like being like oh this is a cool brand that's making cool stuff yeah my mom I don't know if it was a European thing but my mom I even wrote this in the email I was like in my like foreign household the sports sack was like weirdly a luxury I don't know if it actually is Mm -hmm. like you know when stuff was like Uh a luxury when you were a kid and then you grow up and you're like oh it was $20 you know oh absolutely (laughs) like I have no idea where the little sports sack sits I know. I'm like, uh, was it expensive? To me, it was untouchable. Or was it just like on a shelf and in Nordstrom's? Like, I have no clue. Um, But anyways, they're like, pick a bag and like, but they wanted me to do an in feed post and which is not a good deal because you're supposed to get paid for that kind of thing. So I was like, I'll do it. But here's what the the point of the story is: is they were like, pick a bag, and I was looking through them, and they had a lot of a lot of their designs were those little 90s bags that people started wearing a lot like the little mm, Prada ones mm-hmm. and it was the same thing where it was like a tiny shoulder bag that like looks like a like a horseshoe kind of and I was like looking at that and I was like I really wanted a bag like this and I was only wearing a bag like that my guess one like all last year and I was like but is it over already mm-hmm. like is it over already yeah. and I didn't know what bag to pick because I was like is this the one I don't think it's the one you know right <sighs> But that's my, you know, that's my tale of, like, my brain being, like, the trends are moving so fast. But then again, exactly. and then I'm like, what's my core self in a bag? I don't actually know. <laughs> that's a tough one. I that's do like the small shoulder bag regardless of the trends because it feels so tucked. It yeah. feels so small. Um, yeah. But then the thing with trends is you're, like, aligning yourself with a community <laughs> that you may mm-hmm. not want to be a part of, you know? It's hard. Totally. Or... Brandy yeah. Melville was or selling your, those like, bags, too. <laughs> Brandy Melville is your core self. I need self. to look at the Lisport Sack <laughs> catalog and say, who's which one of these bags is my core self? <laughs> I know, I know. I, I want to see what they're offering you. Yeah, they're funny. They're, like... I've always liked their material, I will say, because I love when things are made out of, like, waterproof, enduring things. So that's yeah. definitely a good... <laughs> yeah, that's their genius. That's their genius. Lisport Sack. <laughs> Let's see what she says. <laughs> this uh, episode sponsored by Sports. <laughs> um. yeah, this is such a good ad. We like spent so much time on it. It's not even an ad. Yeah. Give me my bag now. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, um, speaking of that, I just want to share something funny. Another email I got from this like pajama brand, and they mm-hmm. want to give me like his and hers pajamas for like me and. <laughs> Lol. I mean, he's down, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i was thinking of getting like gray ones you know because it's like the gray sweatpant like dick thing uh-huh bring those uh-huh. into the house <laughs> some shadows some highlights yeah, some <laughs> contrast some of that um okay back to acceleration yeah trends move really fast but it's like 
I keep talking about this guy. I talked about it yesterday, the other thing. I bring it up in my story every time. <laughs> that philosopher, the yeah. administration of fear person. Yes, yes. Said, which was so helpful, you guys. I mean, I think the purpose of all literature and even podcasts is, like, just having people say things that you didn't have words for. And it was just, like, mm-hmm. he just said that for me where it was, like, Paul Verillo, administration of fear, just said that we're in the state of acceleration. Yeah, you would like it. I will say like 80% of it feels just like (laughs) academic mumbo jumbo. And then there's like a handful of just Mm -hmm. like earth shattering like stuff. Uh, You just have to get through it. Yeah, like he'll like cite like certain wars I've never heard of. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it's so true. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Paul. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Um, Thanks, Paul. (laughs) What a name. Did you ever know any Pauls? I had a Paul at my art store work that was a really sad person i had a, a yoga teacher named paul <laughs> you remember him he adjusted you weird oh the really broy one oh yeah, he was he such like a little guitar. slut <laughs> yeah he adjusted me like he was about he was. to like penetrate me and i was like okay you're like conventionally <laughs> hot but like you're not my type <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Meanwhile, I was starved for sex, and he I loved was, every time someone adjusted me, I was like, touch shut. No one, no one, he never adjusted me. Ugh. Byron always adjusted oh, me. Oh, Byron right. chose oh. you. See, Byron didn't adjust me. <laughs> I was a fly on that wall. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Paul, Paul I respect because he started dating this girl at the studio. No, started dating this, this girl outside the studio, which is, which is really nice. She started coming to his classes. They were very low key, and then they literally moved to some crazy, crazy country, got married, and have a child, mm. and they just dipped. And I was like, wouldn't have expected that from Paul. <laughs> I thought you were really in the scene. <laughs> I kind of, you know, when he adjusted me, I got that energy from him that he was just looking to impregnate somebody. <laughs> <laughs> a little download. Well, Not good for him. Yoga he adjusts his his way yeah. into a family. <laughs> yeah, he learned it. He learned it. I just said. <laughs> Oh my god, okay, I just want to say this dog is just sleeping now next to me. I can't believe how lucky, I just, I can't believe that I have a dog friend. It's like the world knew. Also, I just want to say this dog yeah. never came around here before. It The two, the lady wow. was like, there's this weird neighbor with like a daughter who like nobody likes. <laughs> and she was like, I heard her outside coming home with her daughter. And um, yeah, like we moved here and everyone like warned us about her. Um uh, and she was like the dog, the new dog, the puppy one came up to her and she was like, where's your mama? Where's your mom? Like thinking it was me. And I was like, mm. and then we asked and they were like, no, we've never seen it before. So whatever. I'm feeling chosen. Wow. Little dog is sleeping next to me, you guys. Named Wisdom. Also something, another comparison from last yeah. time was last time you had cats that weren't very nice Oh, they to were you. like mob boss assholes. And were just like <laughs> using you for using food. Using me for food and bedtime, which I was okay with, but... Uh, it was a pain in the ass. Like, it was desperate for food. Like, that cat... Like, this dog yeah. doesn't care for food, even though we, like... Uh, like, Jamie was, like, cutting up a a deer that he... Oh, I went hunting, dude. Did I tell you that? I didn't shoot anything. No. I just was in the car, <laughs> like, watching, because oh I'd never done it before. Um, <laughs> speaking of accelerationism... <laughs> killing an animal. Um, but this, yeah, the cat would, like... So, back when I was here before living alone yeah there was this cat that was adorable so yeah. funny i made so many memes of his little face um but just desperate for, for food like would come like i would feel like he was about to attack me when he would like like he'd be cuddling me yeah. so hard it was like scary and then he scratched me really bad once um 
That's the thing with cats is they will, at any point, they will turn totally. on you. And so it was always, it was kind of a sad relationship where it was like, he was so cute. A lot of people found love with him online. Like when I left, everyone was like, but what about Bat? And I was like, this cat is a street cat. <laughs> I Like there's just like, there's no reality where I would like put him in a carrier. Bat is a street cat. <laughs> take him home. Like it was just never a possibility. Yeah. This dog, however, very stealable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind. Like. I cannot believe it. Anyways, enough about the dog that I could. Nobody wants to hear about. <laughs> the bird songs are really coming. It's coming just so in. easy to talk about dogs and say the same thing about them. You know, <laughs> like people yeah, just get together absolutely. and be like, "Oh my god, it was so cute." And okay. Anyways, back to what we were saying. Paul, and then accelerating <laughs> uh, the Great Reckoning. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Yes. Paul. <laughs> well, I do like the word. I will say the the term the Great Reckoning is better than the Great Reset, which I don't know if you've researched that term. I, I really haven't, but it does sound kind of. It Wait, what's like the Great binary. Reset again? You know, we're reckoning. Just in people say that it's like what we're in right. Yeah, can you research it? Because I think I feel like it's sort of a <laughs> another depression sketchy day. thing. The great yeah, well, it should be like some like racist thing. The Great Recess is the name of the fiftieth annual meeting of the World Economic F- Forum held in June twenty twenty. It brought together high profile business and political leaders with the theme of changing society and economy following the COVID pandemic. Yeah, but I feel like it's some sort of COVID. It's a COVID culture thing too. Maybe look up like. Great Reset. Oh, the Great Reset, dude, is kind of a conspiracy thing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, is I don't want to Oh, it said. It oh, it said knowing. the Great Reset, and how did it get hijacked by conspiracy theories? So it was officially the name of, like, uh, a meeting, and then it was taken... Okay, so I've actually seen the Great Reset being used in spiritual communities, too, and always right. in a like, conspiracy-ish way. But yeah. the thing is, is like yeah. no matter who's using that word or that energy, it's all kind of the same feeling of like something's changing or, or I don't know if it's a reset, if it's more, but there's definitely a reshaping. But what I'm what I'm <sighs> saying what I'm saying is your term, the Great Reckoning, <laughs> is is a better version of that. Yeah. To me, because again, a reset is a binary where it's like reset is start over. And there's from no scratch. resets in nature. You know what I mean. Mm. There's no resets in nature, but there's mm. a lot of reckoning. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't even know if there's reckoning in nature, but it's closer. Well, look up the definition of reckoning. Well, reckoning again. is like calculating. So there's the less fun dog barking. <laughs> it's funny when like the pit bull dog, like when uh, he's at work and it's just me and the dog, I become like the strict aunt where I'm like, no, I do not respond mm-hmm. to whining, sir. That's how you have to treat dogs. I know. He's so spoiled. Like, Jamie, like, does whatever he asks. And then when I'm here, I'm like, I don't do that. I don't play that game. <laughs> Reckoning. And then Wisdom can have whatever he wants because he never makes mistakes. <laughs> Can you go outside? Are you trapped in here? Okay. <laughs> Reckoning. The action or process of calculating or estimating something. And then reckoning is a person's mm. view, but, opinion, or judgment. Archaic, a bill or account, or its settlement. Let's see what the origin is. Okay, dude, did you see that fucking post that was like, the origin of the word spirit is to breathe? Yeah, Which is wild. evident in like... But that's also a whole thing with like... Latin. 
prana is breath, is spirit. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, and then in Portuguese, it's like aspirar yeah. is like to breathe, I think. Mm-hmm. And like respirate, you know? Respirate, uh, yeah. Let's see, reckon. Yeah. It was originally Old English to count. Just to count. Yeah. Mm. I mean, to count. To count is to reflect the ego. The ego counts. I was going to say, like, <laughs> even then it sounds more natural because even animals will sort of, like, take into account the things that are going on. And I don't know. There's, like, it just feels more, like, instinctual, you well, know? Well, yeah, animals do need geometry to, like, jump around. That's true. <laughs> Whether they're thinking about it or not. That's true. You know? The cat <laughs> yeah. calculate The cats, cats be calculating. No, but truly... Like squirrel, flying squirrels. <laughs> they just jump big jumps. Yeah. Right? There's a reckoning. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. They do, they probably miss sometimes. So if we're in a great mm-hmm. reckoning, <laughs> what is the deal? I just, I also really want to get into a part about social media because I think social media has, I don't think it's hit a wall. I think it's like in the blender. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think that's also something like the metaverse, Ugh, like yeah, the metaverse, Instagram, yeah. introdu- Instagram <laughs> introducing like the ability to, to go like web three and just pay creators solely through Instagram mm-hmm. and be like, okay, pay for my stories. I think that is so bad. And I'm so not excited about that because I'm not someone that says like, we all need to get off Instagram because I do think it's a facet of like people's businesses it's a facet of my business your business whatever mm-hmm. however like i don't think we need to fully enmesh ourselves and our like livelihood on, into instagram yeah and i i think that like you know paying in patreon to have access to close friends is way different than like instagram having literally having your bag in its clutches mm-hmm. it's so I saw that and I was just like oh man mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to be able to shop on instagram or whatever bitches are gonna shop but like it's it's just you know what it's I mean just, do you agree with I that like as someone who two different ways like one I completely agree in the sense that even with shopping it's like I don't want to shop on Instagram like I want it's like mm-hmm. it's the same feeling of like I do like to go to the flagship store instead of shopping online it's like that extra mm-hmm. step is really nice you know what I mean like even if that extra step I agree I mean I've never shopped on Instagram me neither. personally I agree with you yeah and it's like it, I also think it's glitchy I feel like I've never used it but I've tried to understand it, it doesn't make any sense but it's like the joy of going to like a web page and like getting the whole thing yeah. is nice and I feel the same way about Patreon or Substack it's like oh I really like this person enough to take them out of my feed where they're just kind of like a casual participator and like you know that if I took an Instagram break or if I was off or if I was just you know offline I could just check my email and they're there it's so nice and it's almost like the digital equivalent of like buying someone's book you know Mm -hmm. instead of just Mm -hmm. you know I don't know whatever the equivalent would be but it's taking the relationship to the next level yes very that's exactly it and I do like that and I like having that option I also like the dream of not being on Instagram. Like, I like the idea of being like, mm-hmm. oh, you have my Patreon, you're on my Tumblr, you have my book, more than anything yeah. would be the book. And you don't have to sign on to this app that has so many other things going on that you that don't have anything to do with, like, that. But at the same time, also acceleration is when things are cheapened in the name of ease. Yeah. 
maybe. But the other thing I have to say, too, is the close friends thing, which I have to say is getting more and more popular, but... I was one of the first person to do it, and there's an article to back that. There's a Vogue business article where from, like, two years ago mm-hmm. where they interviewed me, and they said, these people are doing close friends, paywalls, whatever. And then enough people did it that now it's an Instagram thing. But I will say that it was hell and a half doing close friends through Patreon because you would have to add people manually. You couldn't see when mm-hmm. people were being were leaving and being deleted. And what would end up happening was I would have people that came to check it out or people who were no longer paying or who no longer liked me, like, on there. And so it became mm-hmm. this weird space um, that wasn't, like, regulated. <laughs> and there was people in there that were just using it to be, like, rude or screenshot and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, whereas I know if Instagram had it, they would literally have it baked into the system where like, oh, someone stops paying, they're gone. You can block people. Yeah. Things like that. So I do see the benefit. And like, as someone who used to do close friends like crazy, I would have loved that ease. Um, yeah. But yeah, I end up stopping the close friends thing. What that says to me more is that it's on Patreon to step their game up and make it more accessible for Instagram to connect it, you know? Patreon does have a relationship with Discord. Uh, like, Patreon just, just simply doesn't have a deal with Instagram, but they do have the capability to do things like that because they do have, like, right now on my Patreon, if you are part of the first level, like the 333 level, there's, like, a bot that automatically makes you a, uh administrator person on Discord. But that's baked into the algorithm. Right, that's so. Cool. But that's one thing Patreon yeah. has, but they don't have it with much. I think they have a relationship with Twitch also. But Patreon is interestingly, like, not an Instagram platform. Like, it's I, I notice most people with Patreons are podcast people or, like, video game people. Mm. Or, like, YouTube. Yeah, so right. they're just kind of going after their thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it is going to become... I don't know, but then I also am satisfied as... It's just interesting that I don't think Instagram's going to die. Mm. You know what I mean? No, I don't think it's going to die. I don't. I don't think it's going to die. But what will it turn into? Like, well, I don't know. Just a f- I've been, I listened to this thing about the metaverse recently where it's like there are two different, um, there's the optimist mm. view and the pessimist view. And the optimist view is basically like, we're all going to be able to go to Spain in the metaverse and <laughs> visit your friends in Paris and live transcendently because you don't have to deal with all these different things and you're living in a digital world. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the pessimist view is like, we are all doomed to wake up, go on our device, enter this world that we have to live in, that is a digital landscape because Mm. our entire world has decayed due to pollution or global warming or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And the corporations who have bought into them into the metaverse now are the ones that control it, like Facebook, uh, Microsoft, whoever. So obviously, like, I think there will be a middle ground, but even any part of my life outside of a device being controlled by a corporation is just like, no, thank you to me. um, Mm -hmm. And above all, I don't want to have to pay to live, which is like where it seems like the metaverse is going, you know, another layer of that. Yeah, I also was thinking of the feedback loop, because like you just said, it's 
if the whatever the world goes to hell nature goes to hell it's harder to actually be like a tangible being (laughs) but the other thing too that i think is more evident is that the metaverse being sold to us as this like magical new thing is almost it's like a feedback loop of that same idea except it's like selling us the concept of like it's okay if everything's decaying because we'll have yes fun little beautiful things elsewhere yes and I think it's super long game and I also think just like with everything else there's always going to be the analog people mm-hmm. I don't think you know I'm not going to like strap into a VR the same <laughs> way like I didn't have a flat screen until it was like yeah the norm yeah. <laughs> you there's know like the early adopters yeah I don't know yeah um and I do think right now the metaverse conversation that's another one that's another part of like this list of things that I think we're reckoning with is I'm even seeing this in the NFT community, which which is I'm tied sort of into the metaverse very much. Hundred percent. NFT is like it's people think that it's just like selling digital tokens, which is what I thought first, but now it's becoming this entire thing of like you can buy a house through an NFT, and like the whole point is that you, it's like um, it's more of like a, a digital contract. Mm-hmm. So it can kind of expand to all these industries, and it, it, but it's still very much in its early stages and very much in its hype stage, and it's working. Yeah. But I'm watching like the NFT thing have its great reckoning, <laughs> also because mm-hmm. what it is basically is a bunch of people really. It's like it's like the lottery right now where it's like the more people that play the lottery, the higher it goes up. Yeah. And the more that you share stories about people winning the lottery, the more people will play. Mm. And so there's kind of this community of people that want to win the lottery, which is what NFTs are. They're a big gamble. You know, it's like 90% plus projects don't kick off. And yet there's an article every few days that says this guy made 500 K in a week, you know? Yeah. And it's like one guy out of millions. And it's just that's happening and there's this really scammy side to it too and I was in this like chat room on Twitter the other day where these people were coming forward about how they got scammed with these projects that like promise but at the same time I'm like is it a scam when you know the game you're playing like you know that this is a gamble like you know that this relies on like hype to get you where you're going to make you money but like the NFT thing is also happening it's reckoning I think the problem with hype is like hype is a form of concealment Mm -hmm. Is that the dog? Yeah, that's that's his voice. <laughs> oh my gosh. It sounds like a <laughs> raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he wants... Do you want to go out? No. He's like telling the other dog to get away from me. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> I love this dog. Look, now he's hugging Aww. me. <laughs> wisdom. You're so wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> um... He looks like a German Shepherd. He looks like a small German Shepherd, and he has a Chihuahua face. Yeah. Which, (laughs) yes. And of course, the other one, drama. Um, (laughs) I'm picking favorites. (laughs) Um, Okay, so a list of things that are to be reckoned with. One, woke culture and cancel culture. Why don't we just, like, go through the list? In our, like, final roundup. So I would say woke culture, cancel culture, it's something that really peaked and for a while honestly felt like the right thing. Mm -hmm. Felt great. Felt like things were happening. And then it started to lose its credibility and its power. And it 
nobody liked it and people started to realize okay what i've been seeing with woke culture is that people started to realize that it just made them feel terrible <laughs> yeah and that it made you kind of invent issues or get kind of fully immersed in issues that weren't really your day-to-day or that actually didn't really affect your day-to-day for everyone. I mean, I, uh, cancel culture, I don't want to say it feels far from me, but I didn't ever really participate in a cancel or whatever. So I think that cancel culture. Yeah, and I did, yeah. I think cancel culture brought about looking at things in a new light (laughs) and a new perspective, and that's important. And I think possibly cancel culture in its current form is dying out and will become like a new form that isn't so much on the binary, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it lost its... Because I think I'm thinking, like, cancel culture lost the little credibility that it had because people started to either exaggerate things or completely falsify mm-hmm. things. Like, there was that time... And this was just one of many situations where, like, Justin Bieber was, like accused of an assault by like literally an anonymous twitter account and he had to an anonymous twitter account and this (laughs) justin bieber and he had to like and then people were just piling on piling on it was trending on twitter and he had to like get his assistant to find like all of these emails and coordinates showing exactly where he was that didn't line up with this so crazy who was also a person who was later revealed someone who was like trying to be famous and then now was like getting sued for defamation. So it was like enough things happened like that where people, like I think in the beginning it was like, oh, it was being used for like genuine Mm -hmm. grievances and like, and then it became a tool that people were like, oh, I can use this to get my way with something or get attention, which is unfortunate, but I think that happens with anything. Um, And then it kind of like lost its credibility. And it didn't have much to begin with. Like, people were already kind of freaked out by this, like, mob mentality, which right. is always going to feel right. a bit juvenile. Um, so the reckoning with that is, Yeah, you know. also the <laughs> reckoning is how did this go overboard and are there things we can maintain? If someone is completely out of line and doing something mm-hmm. hurtful, there has to be a way to inform other people that helps the great greater good of society, Right. And there became this thing that we saw when you cancel someone, accountability doesn't mm-hmm. always follow. So the people who are doing the cancel process actually end up feeling more drained and more put through it than the people who are canceled. Mm-hmm. You know, does that does that make sense? Yeah, and it's like the really? bigger question too is like something that's awful to one person is not to the next or something that's believable to one person is not believable to the next. Do you know what I mean? It's like people getting canceled for like voting for Trump or something, <laughs> you know, when there's yeah. 50% of the country voted for Trump. You know, it's like there's <laughs> these, some of cancels are sort of these, they're just opinionated arguments dressed up as justice. <laughs> mm. And yeah, interesting. I don't know, it just kind of makes you realize, like, why the justice system was created, and it should be reformed, obviously, for, like, current, you know... Of course, yeah. Current times. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, this is why the justice system, like, evolved, was because <laughs> there was a time where, you know, a mob and <laughs> a bunch of people with, like, fire and, and sporks <laughs> were calling the yes, shots, yes. <laughs> you know? And then you have all these witches being stoned to death that didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it's also, is that, like, a world we want to live in? Like, do we want to fear our neighbors? No. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people do live in that world. I want to know who the cops are. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want the cops to be, like, over there 
And then yeah. I want everyone else to not be cops. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a cop boundary. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's sort of like there's no true resolution after you cancel someone. You need like mm-hmm. a true resolution and a form of restorative justice. And that's a real thing that takes so much time. And it's also usually, and we've said this so many times, that like restorative justice or even accountability doesn't happen with the internet against one person's profile. It happens usually amongst like two to like 10 people that were involved in a super specific in real life situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right, being offended. Yeah, and when that tries to happen with an audience, you know, anything that is mm-hmm. observed changes. And I think that that takes away a true authenticity because there's that level of performance. Yes, the performance. Yeah, so many people, you know, who've gotten canceled, like, and been so apologetic, they turn around a year later and they're like, why did I, why did I apologize, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, the concept of being offended is such a weak grounds to attack someone, humiliate someone, like, reprimand someone, you know? Yeah. Because what's offended to one person is not offensive to the next. And, like, that was always a thing with cancels, too. It's, like, you'd look at the comments and it was, like, you know, it didn't matter, like, what race, whatever, what was being talked about. Half the people would be, like, I don't fucking care about this. The other half would be, like, this is (laughs) (laughs) ruining the entire world. Yeah. So it's a funny thing, but I think people are really thinking about it and... I don't know. It's just one of those things that felt certain, and now it's not. Yeah, definitely. Um, Social media. I really want to talk more about social media because I think everyone's sort of feeling that where I feel like... So what was the path of Instagram, right? It was a place where people were just sharing amongst their friends, and then influencers started popping up. People started gaining followings, or celebrities started hitting the platform, and then we got the micro-celebrities and the influencers and the micro-influencers, and then Instagram became um, a place to make money, to get fame. Mm-hmm. There was hierarchies, there was blue checks. So it, it became this kind of, like, muddled uh, expression, but also, mm-hmm. like, an industry, yeah. right? And then it was exciting for a second. It was exciting because people were, you know, I was excited with what happened with mine (laughs) you know it's like it was a place of opportunity like and it's very similar to like the nft realm where it was especially at the very beginning with meme lords and there wasn't a a true Mm -hmm. path forward for people um they had to lean into it Mm -hmm. and then it was there was a time where and and it was like the unknown Mm -hmm. right and influencers were something to be kind of ashamed of. I mean, I didn't show my face for so long because I didn't want yeah. to be another person. And now it's, like, so a true. job that people want. And in toy stores, they sell, like, uh, tripod what? cameras and, like, ring lights. Yeah, they fake, like, they fake. They sell, like, toy oh ring God. lights and stuff. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, I want to be a YouTuber. And so I think that things kind of get strange when they become so mainstream that there's people out there actually wanting to be... Yeah. Yeah. thing <laughs> you know so where do we go from here where and then here's the other thing too is that the market has become so inflated where it's like everyone wants to be an influencer so there was a time where you'd look at someone with a lot of followers who was really doing that and putting themselves mm-hmm. out there and they were special you know what I mean they were special because they had the nerve to be offer vulnerable. something yeah and now there's a system to it where people are like well if I just talk about myself if I just talk about myself and talk about myself you know then yeah um people will follow. And I mean, that's true. I mean, look at reality shows. Absolutely. They're like about anything and everything. Um, yeah. 
but where does that like leave us yeah, <laughs> you and know I think is also it like about like when you have influencers and people trying to be influencers and everyone just sells mm-hmm. to everyone else and it's just <laughs> and it's just like yeah. who is the audience if everyone's out there trying to be the star I <laughs> It's insane to me. <laughs> no, that's how I feel too. Like it's I just got gotten... no point. <laughs> and it becomes yeah, oversaturation. <laughs> and I think actually it ties into the surrealism of it all because we're going through this collectively mm. and maybe we just have to accept it as a surreal experience um, to be able to digest mm-hmm. it because it really just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And I've been, I've been fucking saying that. You sent me that. Did you send me that article or did Minnie send it in the group text? Group Group text. Um, where somebody in like what New York times or some shit was quoted saying that like surrealism is really Mm -hmm. hitting back. And I will say, I've been fucking saying that because I don't see where else it can go. You know, we've done, we've been so like, even just if you look at cameras is they've become so clear, everything's become the opposite of surrealism, which is like hyper-realism and accelerated like actuality um okay well there's something that i really want to say that kind of goes with this go for it go for it surrealism i don't know okay (laughs) but i was somebody asked me on patreon they were talking about and this goes into social media thing of like the obsession with being hot and young Mm -hmm. right and you see that on tiktok especially i think that's so wild too is the other change in social media was the change from there being multiple subjects the subject Mm -hmm. being the person Mm -hmm. You know, like you'd have people who would just post like trash and like weird fences, <laughs> you know, and then there was people who would like there was just such an array of like what people I miss were that expressing. So much. Yeah, I do, too. And it's become more of like I think you and I still hold on to that. Like we're not letting up because we know that we have no, no interest in like getting in front of the camera as much like TikTok. Like when you go on TikTok, I'm just like, wow, like how are these people so down to just like self tape all day? <laughs> well, you think about it. Um, you think imagine if every become... theater kid has access to possible success. It's okay. Dangerous. That's so fucking true. <laughs> wow. Well said. Yeah. Oh right? my god. Yeah, they don't have to like yeah. wait for like their moment <laughs> in the class. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, so everyone's like about them. So then it becomes this like game of like hotness and like youth performance all the time. And the question is something I always ask myself, but they were asking me is like how to, like, hold on to your worth beyond that, right? And my whole thing is, like, I want a long career. I want a long, happy life. So part of that is never getting too attached to, like, this this time in our lives Mm -hmm. where we're, like, young and perky, right? (laughs) It's like, we can't. Um, But it brought up this other thing where I was like, well, how do you... Especially in L.A., you look at these 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old women who are just dying to still look 25 or 35, right? And I was like, how do you avoid that? Like, how do you express yourself properly? And to express yourself properly as you get older is not to say, oh, I'm... The way that a 40-year-old exists Mm -hmm. is trying to look younger. It's to say, who am I at 40, right? And you and I talk about this all the time. It's like, oh, we're ready for our 30s. We're ready for our 40s. Like, let's set this, like, the tone of who we want to be. And so that was like my sort of solution that I came to that I want to think about more of like, that's how you kind of get out of that matrix is just being like, how do I express myself exactly as that age or that condition? Right. And then I feel like a lot of people are craving that. And I don't know if they'll get it. Like, I don't know if we're going to continue to kind of go down this road of like surgery gets cheaper and better and everyone just starts looking the same, or we're going to have this reckoning, (laughs) you know, where people will think, 
I don't want to, like, run after these, you know, illusory concepts that will never ground me, you know? But the concept of, like, being more genuine, I'm like, is that something that's going to come? Because it's the solution. Yeah, I remember long ago when we were embracing our our DIY borderline punk era, um, I remember we were feeling (laughs) upset a lot of the time. I was feeling upset with my surroundings and the people I was surrounded Mm -hmm. by. And I thought, like, totally. everyone was worshipping mm-hmm. false idols. That's what I came to. And and that could be, like, dyeing your hair or trying mm-hmm. to be mean for no reason or smoking cigarettes. Some of them is, are surface-level things, but our actions inform everything else, right? So I was like, that's what we're reaching the apex of right now is worshipping uh, worshiping false, false idols in different ways. And I think that youth is a false idol for sure. Um, I think this idea of wanting a new cult leader is just wanting Mm -hmm. another false idol. Uh, But no one's going to step up because everyone is tired of this homogenization. And at a certain point, at a cult leader, (laughs) you have to really be in touch with a core truth. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing people don't talk about is like, it it isn't easy being a cult leader. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing is like all these influencers want to be influencers. Um... But yeah, what is their core, mm-hmm. just like the core self? I Maybe think it's it like, you know, masking yourselves with further surgeries or lots of crazy makeup that makes you feel younger or whatever it is. It's all moving farther away from the only thing that's actually going to ground you, which is having access to the core self. And if anything, surrealism can be a departure, um, you know, like, like absolute hyper-realism and true and because ultimately what is hyper realism but like looking into a mirror that shows you all of your pores whatever like everyone feels insecure around that kind of mirror and 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 surrealism pulls you away from that trap because the body is imperfect and being able Mm -hmm. to embrace that as much as possible brings so much ease into life Mm uh i don't know and like it's almost what's what's happening is people are trying to perfect their bodies and moving into mm-hmm. the metaverse and, and trying to depart from our realm. And how are those things happening at the same time? It's just all we're becoming like less and less in contact with mm-hmm. our actual selves, which is imperfect. And it's difficult to be in sometimes, but that makes it easier to step into the metaverse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's all a trick. It feels like yeah. a huge, it feels like a huge heist. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, 100%. Hundred percent. I was even thinking that. Like, the thing I want to say before I forget is when you said like looking in the mirror that shows all your pores is what like we're at where we're at and like the hyperrealism and it's like mm-hmm. to me surrealism is like candlelight. You know, it's mm. like a candlelit dinner yes. with like great music is like that's what surrealism is. Like, yes, it. I think surrealism prioritize prioritizes like. I don't know. It's like there's so much freedom in the smoke and mirrors and in a bit of obstruction. Totally. Because you get to journey away from like the object of yourself and the perception of yourself right which is already so up for debate and not concrete whatsoever so to look in a mirror that shows all your pores and get attached to that is already Mm -hmm. such a waste of your time but it's what we have and then surrealism says oh we're at the candlelight dinner and we're talking and we're laughing and you know it's like um and i think with the metaverse too is like i had this concept early on where especially last year, I was kind of obsessed with this, where I felt like in the future, 
technology would be so good that it didn't matter what your gender was because yeah just as much as you could change your body to like male to female you could change your body into like a lizard because of the video game influence and the metaverse influence of being Mm -hmm. able to be anything at all yeah and at the time I thought that would be freeing and possibly bring us closer to spirituality in the sense that if we're so detached from the body and it's no longer this thing that we're ashamed of and like I wish I looked this way this way because I could just click it into place like clothing right Mm -hmm. but then I thought about it and I was like well the technology I don't think is ever going to get that great (laughs) in this (laughs) lifetime and so people will turn to like the metaverse for that but the second you take off your VR and you look in the mirror it's done you know yeah and maybe that's worse (laughs) that's so much worse you know I do think I do think so absolutely because like what it comes down to is it's we can't always reject that the soul sits in the physical and you know there's just a reason for that Mm-hmm. yeah well yeah the, yeah that just always calls into question the soul it's so true because how good can it get like how good can it get like you can be someone who's never had sex with a living being right but the technology is so good the vr is so great the whatever stimulating things are even better than sex like yeah but there is always going to be that soul missing but if you don't know what you're missing does it matter you know what I mean it's like if I have to use my vibrator for a month straight and I I just start missing a person right yeah for that first week it's pretty chill I'm like I don't need anybody right (laughs) but if I had never had sex with somebody you know never loved anybody yeah well (laughs) what would have to happen is the past would have to be erased because so much of it of art yeah. is explaining that experience oh yeah oh interesting and the yeah. experience of that in a physical mm-hmm. body everything about art movies describes the feeling of being somewhere on a rainy day like like the spider-man kiss that's raining and we're upside down and mm-hmm. it's so human and it's so iconic <laughs> yeah no. yeah we don't want to get rid of any of that no not at all and i don't really fuck with the metaverse yeah, I mean, me neither. Whole thing. They're really trying to sell it to us, which I feel anything that needs to be so sold is... It's it's worrying. Kind of some shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I will just say that on a survival level, they're creating the metaverse in such a way, like, in such a backwards way, where if you were to think about the hierarchy of needs, the technology isn't there to take care of the body. Like, okay, you sit in the metaverse all day, mm. that isn't good for the physical body, which we can't transcend out of with Mm-mm. technology... And we're, no. and we're not addressing the health system, which I know is so boring to talk about, but it's crazy. Like they're, they're not allowed, they're trying to access like self-actualization first and then bring it mm-hmm. top down. And we're just like not there. Also, you know what fucking else? And this could be deep conspiracy vibes, but I don't give a fuck because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> is I had this moment where my phone was in the sun, right? And then that shit was dead in, like, two minutes. And it was, like, put me in the fridge or something. And I was like, technology can't handle the sun, right? That's the main thing. It's, like, Mm -hmm. your MacBook can do everything. Your fucking VR headset can do everything and a half. But you leave that shit in the hot noon sun, it's over. You've ruined the thing. And I was like, if you... The sun is one of the most important things for our bodies. And it always has been. And there's just been this, like, recent uptick in, like, the sun being an enemy. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's really subtle. It's like yeah. all the skincare people wear sunscreen indoors. You know, it's good to wear sunscreen, but it's like the messaging isn't like, it's just so aggressive. It's like wear sunscreen indoors and like 
anti-aging, you know, the sun is getting closer, everything's, you know, skin cancer, this, everything. It's, like, Mm -hmm. so abundant, but it's never followed by, oh, but, like, it's okay to be in the sun for 10 minutes. Oh, it's, sun actually gives you vitamin D that supplements can't, you know. Being in the sun is so healing. It's so fucking healing and important. And technology can't be in the sun. It has to be indoors, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we have this VR world and we're, it just, it's just, you know, whether it's all on purpose in a conspiracy way, it is pretty trippy that in the same breath, the sun is kind of seen as like the biggest enemy in a very mm. long time. Like in the first time in history, the yeah. sun is being kind of like kicked out of its godly position and is now this right. thing to fear and be really afraid of. And at the same time, we're sort of meant to embrace all of these metaverse world and these like nfts and all these things that will just like fry and burn under the damn things <laughs> yeah so we can like live in a bunker with our little headsets um <laughs> but that's the thing too is is there comes a point where there if there's no exterior infrastructure and we're just living in in the metaverse mm-hmm. um there needs to be so much for the metaverse to stay intact yeah. just like just all absolutely ads. make it make sense to me you know like for the internet to move forward I know. and hold all of our lives we're gonna have to have so much support that technologically uh we're gonna have to be really built up for that also you know what fucking else <laughs> you know what fucking else the metaverse okay here's what's interesting so this so when i was posting about the nft i made everyone was like it's so bad for the environment right mm-hmm. which is true and I went and I looked at, and I was like, if NFTs, and I looked into it and it's like because of servers, right? The servers required to make the NFT happen, put on the blockchain. Right. And I was like, if everything on the internet is servers, everything, then everything we do on the internet is wasting energy. Yeah. And I Googled it and it was reported, this was incorrect, it got debunked, which also says some things about how they don't really know what they're talking about entirely yet. But Yahoo and a bunch of other people, like, reported. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> it wasn't just Yahoo. That was just the one I read. It was, like, CNN. All these people were saying that uh, it was, like, two hours of streaming YouTube is equal to driving four miles in a car. Wow. Which was a huge exaggeration and, like, got debunked. But yeah. it's still not that much of an exaggeration in the sense that it said, like, scrolling TikTok is, like, point something something. But TikTok is designed to keep you there for, like, eight hours, mm-hmm. right? So the energy that we're constantly... All the like the CO two whatever that's that's being emitted by these programs is like way bigger than any of us imagined because it's not as visual as you know the exhaust coming out of the car or the trash in the trash can. Right. But the servers, even the one for us FaceTiming right now, you know, yeah. and it's like NFTs are getting all the getting all the blame right now. But I wish that it was bringing more of a conversation of like, can we see how much energy everything takes? What is Facebook doing? Yeah. What is the metaverse going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one thing I will say, and I said this to you and we talked about it, mm-hmm. about it before, but, you know, um, Ethereum, Bitcoin, whatever, they all run on decentralized uh, servers. So there's no regulation for that output or whatever. Whereas, like, if you have mm-hmm. a company like Google, there's regulations to monitor how much CO2 your company uh, pumps out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of like where the difference is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then I wonder about, like, TikTok being in China. Like, what are their regulation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole other Yeah, whole other like, thing. I wonder what the T is. Like, what is really... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, there's, like, so many aspects to it, and it's really hard to... It is. It's hard to get to the truth. 
Yeah. I just want the report. Like, I want an accurate report. Like, I want it to be like, hey, one hour of TikTok equals this. Mm-hmm. One NFT equals this. Yeah. And then I just want to see what's going on. Because it's inter- like it's just interesting that that's totally. not out there. You know what I mean? And it's also interesting that the NFT conversation didn't mm-hmm. lead to that thought process of like, okay, well, now let's look at this. It's going to happen. Yeah, you know to, what this it? reminds me of is back in the 70s when they started creating uh, single-use plastics. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a whole campaign that was like, hey, if you use plastic, then recycle yeah. it. Don't litter. But it was the companies who decided to make the plastics because it was cheaper and mm-hmm. obviously more profitable to them. Um, but they immediately turned it on the consumer. And it took mm-hmm. decades to unearth that and be like, okay, these companies mm-hmm. are creating the CO2, they're dumping and polluting, blah, blah, blah. So it's not as much the consumer as as the corporation right like always yeah and it's interesting it's the same thing although nfts it's it's happening and it's fast and but it's the little guy in comparison to big banks or big tech Mm -hmm. and it is it's trippy there's um yeah i don't know there's definitely something there yeah no i'm just i want all the info i want it all to come out but i bring that up just because i feel like there's just this funny thing with the metaverse and the internet that it feels mm-hmm. like this just thing that's in our lives and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it creates waste. Right. It really doesn't. Right. You know? Like it feels like a tool, like a spatula. <laughs> it's like until I throw it away, <laughs> it's not making anything happen, but there's so much going into it. <laughs> yeah. To be human is uh, to be a wasteful consumer. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, there's no way. Even our yeah. bodies are designed. I just, that's another thing I want to think about more. It's just like waste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to think about that a lot out here because it's not as easy to do anything <laughs> than it is in the city. You know, it's like the trash has to be taken to the dump in the back of the truck. You know, the, yeah. the bugs are closer than ever. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's really close. God damn. All right. Social media, the great reckoning. Is there anything else? Where do we go from here? I think we reflect. We take a break. We hold our friends close. Yeah. We pet street dogs. We, (laughs) um... (laughs) I... A part of me is, like, I feel... Like... There is gonna be big money, big stuff in metaverse people... But that doesn't mean I want to be part of it, you know? Yeah. And that the same way that you can be Jeff Koons, you know, you can also be, like, a cool low-key artist. It's just a version of a gold rush, really. (laughs) Yes. In so many ways. Even the influencer gold rush, the NFT gold rush, metaverse, fucking, everyone's just trying to Mm -hmm. get a piece Everyone's trying to survive. Yeah, everyone's trying key. to survive because, because no one feels stable. No one feels stable. That's exactly uh, it. Totally. Yes. Like, everyone just wants a piece of certainty. So someone says, hey, being an influencer makes, you can make 100K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone wants to be an influencer. But that's not even their calling. Same with yeah, fucking totally. I mean, shit. You know, it's very weird. And I think uh, something to hold on to is just digging into long-term projects that don't have instant gratification attached is so important because it accesses a part of the brain that that like has follow-through and stamina and I think we all need to reinvest Mm -hmm. in like on the ground things that have no purpose or if any a long-term purpose 
and also like little routines and rituals because as silly as it is that's what we're made of and and mm-hmm. that's the thing is our habits are not entwined with the internet unless we want them to be at this point unless we have like a job that asks us to be on a computer mm-hmm. but or the phone but we still have control like <laughs> i think that's like what it comes down to is like mm-hmm having control at this point we still have control god damn it (laughs) (laughs) no I think that's really important to say because it's like you can you just have to put in the work to stay grounded which I think is also another word for a certain type of being in control that's Mm -hmm. more pure and honest than the ego's term yeah the ego's form but philosophically always being aware of the facts, you know? I am going to age. I am going to die. I am a tangible fucking meaty being. Like, I haven't transcended that. I don't care how good the technology gets, you know? I'm still going to fucking falter and whatever. Um, So that you're not so shocked by reality because that's, I think, what the issue is going to be. Is like, we go on our phones and we see these worlds and whatever, we go in VR, see these worlds... And it's going to train us to almost be so surprised and shocked by reality. Like when I said, you go yeah. and get to be an avatar in the metaverse. You get to have a better, you know, your version of a better body, better face, better outfit, better vibe. And then you leave that and you're shocked by your reality. Mm-hmm. And it's like you need to stay in the space of like, oh, there's this world I can play. Yeah, in. definitely. You know, I can go play over there and have fun. I can get on that roller coaster. But it's like you're going to leave the theme park and you're going to go home to where it's boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? But it's on you to, like, never get caught up in what they're selling you, which is that, like, this is actually going to save your life and make you happier. You know what I mean? Yeah, resist the temptation. And that takes effort. Yeah. And reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's, that's the thing, is, like, happiness at its core is is Mm -hmm. so fleeting, right? And investing in long-term joy is is so much harder. Mm Mm-hmm. So much harder. No, it's true. And even that, I would even say that advice, like, also applies to even if there was no metaverse, even if there was no internet. It's like you have to constantly, like, check yourself on the realities of life, which aren't necessarily negative. And that's another point, too, is, like, you can't be like, I have to be, (laughs) I have to, like, it's not like to be nihilistic. It's to say, like, I'm going to die. I'm going to age. Yeah, right. I'm going to fucking smell after this workout. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Also, like, something like the word facts, which uh, mm. now I feel is somewhat overused at this point, but. Yeah, I use it like crazy. I was going to tweet today. I was going to say, I love facts because there's so few. Right. <laughs> I should right. tweet that like, right true now. True facts, you know, are so true because many people have. There are so few yeah. true facts. And like many, yes. Many Absolutely. people have their own version of facts at this point. And Psychology mm-hmm. 101, we learn like truth is subjective. And unfortunately, like now facts have become somewhat subjective too. And I, I think that felt facts, like I'm feeling this in my body. I'm feeling what I, that I'm aging. I'm feeling I will die because I've seen people who I love who have died mm-hmm. and I felt their loss. Like those are undeniable felt facts because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And everything yeah, else undeniable. is, you know, a fact born from a narrative uh, shaped by ego mm-hmm. and that. That, like, is an entirely different breed, right? Yeah, no, it's, like, a yeah, from narrative, and then it's, like, your kind of, yeah, like, creating some kind of reality that you have, and you can commit to it and never see the rest, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right, but exactly. Facts are facts. I love the few facts, you know. You felt facts. 
We should write them down. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, definitely. I bet there's only like six. (laughs) The facts. Because even saying, like, even nihilistic facts aren't facts. Like, being like, you will get old. Because it's like, what does it mean to get old? Right. You know what I mean? Is aging, like, our perception of aging is like, you're aging. Like, you're, you know. Yeah, like your body. And it's like, technically, you are getting closer to death. But, like, is that process I mean it is aging but like yeah I don't know like your body is slowly decaying but <laughs> but even that has a bad connotation yeah so I guess that's a fact <laughs> and you can put it in a way that's like uh, I don't know it just becomes a whole thing mm-hmm. but then you know people think about mushrooms <laughs> well see maybe that's facts also are usually things that are true in nature too but it's like everything right. in nature will decay yes. right yeah so the issue isn't the decay, but it's our opinion of the decay. And I think a lot of people use mushrooms as, like, a metaphor to, like, mm-hmm. get people feeling better about decay and death because of their little role yeah. in society. <laughs> their cute little activities. Cute place. Um, well, death is certain. Yeah, it's interesting that, like, oh, wow, there's this beautiful bird with a yellow chest. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, what is interesting is that we've all... There's been this movement of people looking to mushrooms for hope and guidance. Like, I can't even wrap my head around it mm. now, but there is, like, definitely something there. Um, <laughs> and I think they're the perfect, like, they should be our new cult leader. Oh, yeah. I think for a lot of people, they are <laughs> becoming the cult leader because they signify a new life after a massive pile of, like, I mean, like, they're truly life after death. Um, and we're experiencing a certain form of of death and society. No, it's so true. And humanity. You know, absolutely we are. Like Yeah. And mushrooms, okay. I always say my two biggest values are resilience and range. Mm. Mushrooms. They have so much range. They have the psychedelic crazy shit. Yeah. They have poison. <laughs> they have stuff you can just eat and happily. Some are fully nutritious. Absolutely. Fully nutritious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're right. Everyone's right. The mushroom people are right. <laughs> <laughs> um funny 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 it's stormy today oh really it's all gray today's one of our first sunny days here great day. day on maui <laughs> oh my god it's about to be the weekend bro what the fuck i know <laughs> Oof. did i show you this it's like setup. oh i love I that like a... i love that easel it's very Funny Very enough. back in Venice. I got a tabletop easel that actually works well. I used to have one that was really shitty. Anyways, okay, are we... Wrapping it up? I think that was a good yeah. ending. Yeah. Mushrooms should be the new cult leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sweet. Oh, also, I was going to say the other great thing about mushrooms is that they are surreal. They are surrealist. Mm-hmm. They are so surreal. They're like the OG surreal. Yeah. And they're found in places you least expect it. There's a hunt mm-hmm. aspect for everyone involved, which people love. Um, they can be so beautiful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ah, mushrooms, mushroom, mush, mushroom. Let's see. <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> mushroom origin. Like, is, were they just called mushrooms? <laughs> mushroom word. Or, I mean, I don't think I'm going to find anything. Oh, late Middle English. Originally denoting any fungus having a fleshy, fruiting body. Mosidio. Museron. Mushroom. Serial. Serial. Oh, I love it. Mushroom. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, 
when you see a word and it has the pronunciation part, it's just like M, upside down E, big S, big H. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There should be, like, some art about that. Well, famously... That would be kind of funny to, like, do your favorite words. Famously, uh, my Instagram posts where I announced the, the tracks of my guided meditation, I did the yeah. I did the pronunciation for those titles. The pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah, we need to... That's really good. It has to be Love brought it. to the light. Yeah. Meshroom. It's like, we don't even know what that shit means. Like, that doesn't help us pronounce anything because it doesn't mean anything to anyone. I know. <laughs> that is how I feel about Old English. <laughs> Plural noun, mushrooms, a thing. What? Oh, this is fine. Okay, so the definition of mushrooms obviously is like the fungal cap, and then it says a thing resembling a mushroom in shape, and the 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 um, example is a mushroom of smoke and flames. Mm. Whoa! And then also a pale pinkish brown color, a mushroom leather bag. <laughs> Increase, spread, or develop rapidly. Oh my God! Accelerationism. Wow. Mushroom. Increased speed. Environmental concern mushroomed in the 1960s. Damn. One of my favorite lines was in this book by, uh, what's her freaking name? Frances- uh, Francesca Leah Block. Mm-hmm. And she said, mushrooming brains and watermelon hearts. Sick. That's very sick. I love that. <laughs> yeah, she was like talking about a crush or something. <laughs> sick. So dope. So dope, dude. So sick. All right. Well, fungus. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think I think that was cool. Um, what should we call this? The Great Reckoning or the Mushroom is a cold year? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Keep going, even though we're in the Great Reckoning. Keep going. Keep going. It doesn't. It's not going to feel like we're keep going, but we are. It just doesn't seem like it because we're in the Great Reckoning. Mm-hmm. But we are going. You're going to look back. This is a memory. You're creating a memory. Oh, shit. Every second. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Can't help you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> memory. Okay, wait. Let's let's end this with the definition of memory. Okay. Wait. Memory, word, origin. Uh, whoa. Mindful. Hmm. Mindful remembering. Maybe to be mindful is to know that you're making a memory, <laughs> so you better make it nice. Damn, I guess, I mean there is something. <laughs> Just kidding, that's a part something of it. To that. <laughs> Mem. Isn't that where a meme came from or something? <laughs> There's like so much nonsense. <laughs> meme. Let's see. Meme. <laughs> oh, that which is imitated. Gene. It also has genetic connotations. Oh. The definition of meme is actually really sick. It's like something that evolves without genetic means. Whoa. You know? That's crazy, That is right? so crazy. Mm-hmm. Damn. Kind of kinda s- really sucks the air out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> nothing more to say out of that, after that one. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I love that one. Sucks the air out of the room. Meaning, does that just mean like when someone's really unpleasant? Oh, to dominate or to dominate or overwhelm, preventing anything or anyone else from receiving attention. Okay. Okay, that's true. Then that definition goes so it hard. It really does. It sucked the air out of the room till the cows go home. Till the cows come home. I need to say that more. 
to the cows come home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're coming to be, not to Oh my god. Else. Okay. To the cows okay, come POV, home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The They're cows coming are to coming be, home. Not to somebody else. That would be such a great series. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's yeah, it could be really that could be really great. POV the cows come home. POV <laughs> sucks the air out of the room. That'd be funny, like a POV series. We're on to something. Like we really are. <laughs> POV. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I'll pause it. All right. Keep, keep going. going. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>